welcome to the third episode of Love Legacy. Thank you so much for tuning in with us again today. And today I have with me some very special guests. Some of you may call them cousins. I call them sister cousins. We have our cousin Cheryl, who is affectionately known as Pat in our family. We have our cousin Rhonda, who we call her Rhonda, Lovebug, whatever we want to call her. And we have our cousin Cecilia, who we call her Cece or Bo. We'll put that in there sometimes too. So I thank all of you all for joining me on this journey. You have been encouragers. One of the things that sets you apart from everyone else is you were a part of the inaugural edition of Love Legacies, the book, which was a culmination of the Mother Project, which we started last year. So this podcast and this episode is very special to me to have you all here. Our mothers were sisters and a force of sisters they were. They were amazing women, all true Georgia peaches born in the state of Georgia. And each one of them, even though we each had our mothers, each one of them were motherly to each one of us. And that, um, I think we realized it was a blessing then, but as we have gotten older and as we are in this space where we have lost all of our mothers and our aunts, we realized how much um, they really meant to us and how special those relationships were. So I will um, have you guys introduce yourselves or say a, a couple of words if you would like to. Pat? Hello, I'm Pat and I'm representing, I guess here as the oldest cousin uh, <laughs> to the family. I love everybody. You all know that my home is always a welcoming place, and I love entertaining, especially entertaining my family. And so glad, Tamika, that you have put this particular podcast together for us to share. And it's so special that it comes very close to Mother's Day. Yes. Agreed. Hello, I'm Rhonda. Uh, better known as Rhoda, Rhonda May, <laughs> Ron Ron, all of the above. Uh, I am honored to be a part of the podcast today. Uh, much love to all of my cousins. One of the ones on here is my sister. But as Tamika said, I feel in my heart that all of us are sisters versus being cousins. I'm just proud to be a part of this today. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you, Rhonda. Okay, good morning. My name is Cece. I'm, uh, I'm really sick today and I'm sorry. And I apologize about the voice, but I wanted to participate because I love my cousins and I want all of us to maintain a closeness that we had as children because we indeed had special mothers and they were motherly to all of us. And I just want everyone to know how special we feel that we were growing up with the mothers that we had and with the relationships that we still have with each other. So absolutely, I'm glad to be here. So. Absolutely. So we are, um, I guess our origins, I, as I mentioned before, are here in the state of Georgia. We have two places in Georgia that are of special, um, I guess, special recognition for the place that some of our mothers were born, but then the place where we were raised. Um, one is in um, Georgia, north of Atlanta in Houston, Georgia. And then the other place is Rockmart, Georgia. And um, I was never really, I guess some of you all may have been to Houston. I remember going to Houston as a young girl, I guess maybe just visiting, but never spent any amount of time there. But as I remember our moms and our aunts sitting at the dining room table, talking about stories about Houston and things that happened when we were young, um, when they were young rather. And I realized now that that really was the start of their love legacies with us. That's what they were leaving with us. We have very fond memories. Pat mentioned that um, at her house, she loves to entertain and everybody's always welcome. 
And she always has food at her house. And I'm a witness that she always has food at her house because I'm always at her house having the food that she has there. But that's one of the love legacies that our parents left with us. They were amazing cooks, amazing cooks. And we didn't just feel that way because they were ours. Other people felt that way as well. So we, we were blessed in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it wasn't just the, it wasn't just the the food, I guess it was uh, the fellowship around the food and the preparation. I just remember all those Sunday dinners that we would have and most of them would center at the house. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. which was the, the house where our grandparents lived. And I was raised in that house and Cece and Rhonda lived next door. Tamika came during the summer. So it was yeah. always fun, but it was always the fellowship. And no matter yeah. what day it was, the meal at the, that the house was the meal, right. but yeah. you could go right next door to Lucia's mm. house and she yeah, would the have the time. same food or yeah. something that she had made and Aunt Ludie right next door to her Everybody yeah. had a meal and yeah. they would all make cakes and it wasn't oh. like a competition, but on Saturday we would go from house to house to house, <laughs> licking the <laughs> batters and the bowls yes. and then eating the cake. I don't think we got to eat the cake until Sunday, but we could lick those bowls and beaters that batter, that batter yeah. all yeah. day long yeah. on Saturday. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I just remember how much our mothers loved each other and the joyful Mm. conversation they would have. And, you know, you'd sneak around and you try to listen and they were just always happy to be in each other's company is what I remember the most. Absolutely. I I just remember the support, um, you know, coming up and each one of my aunties, you went to them for a different view or a different thing. And they mm. always had a solution, but it was all a common ground. And I just missed so much, you know, being able to talk about different things that we're going through that they've already gone through and yeah. having them, you know, as a backup. That's, that's, those were priceless times and they are priceless memories. Absolutely. That's so true, Rhonda. Um, those the dining room table Mm -hmm. it was so symbolic of so many things it was the place where we had like Pat said food and fellowship but it was the place that many decisions were made right there everybody was coming together for a family decision it was around that dining room table Right. If they were coming, if there were uh, was something else that happened in the family, the discussion happened around that dining room table. So that yes. dining room table was not only a, a, a place for food and fellowship, but it was a sharing space. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, like you said, Rhonda, or, or Cece, I think you mentioned that just when they were talking, we just yeah. wanted to be there. We just wanted yeah, right. to be around. And I can appreciate the times that they told us to scat, move on, because whatever they were discussing was not appropriate for us. But I also appreciate the times that they let us stand there and listen. You know, they let us stand there and hear. And and the wisdom that they had to know when those times were. So we, we, I I don't recall, and maybe it's just me, but I don't recall us ever hearing anything that was majorly inappropriate. Um, we, we, we might've got a whiff of something that we were like, Ooh, Ooh. but you know, in our childlike minds, it probably wasn't right. that big of a deal, but right. in our childlike minds, it was like, Ooh, we heard so-and-so. Right. right. The women that, the women that were our mothers, um, again, like I said at the top, they were, ne- they weren't necessarily just women that, um, were sharing with us, but they were women that shared in the community. So when you mentioned the Williams sisters in the communities where they grew up, in the communities where they had impacts, it it was no question. They knew exactly who you were talking about. And everybody could call each one of them by name. And even my mom, who left as as a young girl and didn't grow up necessarily in her uh, formative years, as uh, young adult years, rather, in Rockmart, 
still knew exactly who she was when she went. Yes. They still yeah. knew who she is. And to this day, people will look at me and say, you're Marianne's child, you right. know, because I look yeah. like her. Um, and yeah. they, they recognize our family bond. That's very, very special. Yeah. That is very special. Yeah. And I, 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 I can't, can't even say enough about how much I feel like that was them laying the foundation for their love legacies that they were leaving with us, even though they may not have even realized that's what they were doing. I think that's key. I don't think they, they really realized it. I think that it had been Mm. so ingrained in them from, from their parents and from their parents' parents. And even before that, that that was just what they were supposed to do. And it was very, it was a very natural thing for Mm -hmm. them to do. And uh, like Tamika said, we would sometimes have to leave and not be a part of the conversation. And I don't know if you all remember, but they would also talk in code. So, so you know, the biggest thing was when they would talk about who was pregnant and it would be someone, a married lady next door, and they wouldn't even say the word pregnant around us. They would say, you know, she's PG. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) that, that, that meant that someone was pregnant. So a lot of times they, they talked in code so that we wouldn't know what they were saying. And sometimes I guess we giggled in the background because we were able to figure it out. We did. Yeah, we did. And what I remember most about our mothers is that they were beautiful women physically, but spiritually. And they, they were the most beautiful women to me and inside and out. And Mm -hmm. they, they carried themselves in such a respectable manner Mm -hmm. that we knew what was expected of us. Absolutely. Yes. So that's, that's one of my memories. So when you say that, Cece, I think about how when we were, um, when we were younger, and this is probably the story of uh, many little black girls that were uh, in our era getting some stockings, flesh colored stockings. Absolutely. And I remember, of course, you guys um, were a little bit older than me. So when I saw, I wanted to do everything you guys did. I did. I want to do everything you did. And Cece and I were very tight uh, playmates. So I just yeah. thought we were the same age. And, you know, Cece did it. I could do it too. And when you all started to wear flesh color stockings, I was so upset because I still had to wear the white tights <laughs> with my Sunday clothes. And I remember our oldest cousin, Kathy, having a conversation with my mom, who was pretty, you know, pretty cool, you know. She was the hip Kathy. She was the hip auntie. Yes, she <laughs> was. And Kathy, our oldest cousin, Kathy said, it's time for her to start wearing flesh color stockings. And I can't remember how old I was, but it probably was time. And my mom was like, oh no, she will not be wearing any flesh color stockings. <laughs> and I just, it was like, but everybody's doing it. And the time I got to do it, oh my goodness. But it was the way like you said, the way they carried themselves and the way they raised yes. us. We, for them, when you wore something as simple as flesh-colored stockings, it was a rite of passage. It was something that yes. made you more grown up. And they were not going to let us appear more grown up before it was time. Absolutely. And so, and for Absolutely. us, it was just, for Absolutely. me as a kid, it was like flesh-colored stockings. But for them, it was like, mm-mm. You're still a little girl and you're not going to yes. present as a, as a woman because you're still yes. a little girl. Right. And in the age that we live in right now, oh my goodness, can we appreciate that? Uh-huh. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Very, very much absolutely. so. And even they instilled that in us and I see it in my daughter because mm-hmm. she'll put on something and she'll come to me and she'll say, what you think? Does this uh-huh. look okay? Is that okay? And I'll be mm-hmm. like, yeah. You're good Mm -hmm. because I want her to be presentable Mm -hmm. the way they taught us to be presentable and not just go out any kind of way. Our mothers were classy. They stood out in their attire and appearance and they taught us the same way. You just don't go out looking like anything. You know, we weren't weren't going out looking a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. From the head to the toe. 
Absolutely. It had it had to be correct. If you needed it's your easy. hair, if you needed your hair straightened before you went somewhere, you got your hair straightened. My mother mm-hmm. started straightening my hair when I was 18 months old because she did not want me <laughs> want my hair to, to look bad. So mm-hmm. 18 months bad. And and I have come 18 months old and I came full circle and went back to natural hair. And my mother (laughs) did never liked my natural hair. She, she did Uh. not like my natural hair, but she knew there was nothing really she could do about it at that point. But all her life, she was, you know, determined that my hair would be straight. And, um, and I, I kept it straight for as long as I could. Yes, we had our appointments yeah. and at, when Mother she, Gladys. at Mother Gladys and when Mother mm-hmm. couldn't do it. But remember, all of our parents could. Stra- now, Aunt, you didn't want Aunt yeah. Doris to straighten your hair. Oh, no. <laughs> but Aunt Rushi and Mama could straighten the hair. Yes, they, they, could. they were they could. excellent at straightening hair. They yes. And um, when, <laughs> when you say that, Pat, I can, I just think about um, your mom when I went natural and the first thing I don't know what she was visiting for whether I was in Rockmart or whether she had come here but the first thing she said was oh my lord what have you done to your head <laughs> and I knew exactly what she meant and even as a grown woman yeah. I mm-hmm. still had that feeling of uh oh you know this messed is not up. what I was supposed to yeah. do. I have messed up. This is not what I was supposed to do. I am in trouble. She eventually stopped asking the question. But like you said, she never was okay with it. Yeah. Never. She never and, was okay with it. And and it didn't matter whether it hurt your feelings or not. They were going to give no. you oh, yeah. their they real, okay their like real opinion. Absolutely. And I respected mm-hmm. that. Yes. Yes. You didn't have to worry about them telling you any lies because they would yeah. never do. If they told no. you something, you could bank you on it. You believe it. Okay. You could bank on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And don't try to go get it from one and do, not get what you want from one and go, and go to, to the, the other yeah. and not get it there and go to the other because they all going to give you the same answer. Mm-hmm. The same answer. When I lived um, with Aunt Ludie, um, um when I was I guess what sixth grade, and <laughs> I thought, well, if Aunt Louie said no, I'd go. Aunt Darcy tell me yes, and I would go bopping down to the house to ask Aunt Darcy whatever. And first thing she would say, well, what did Louie say? What did Louie say? <laughs> yes, and I would have to because you weren't gonna lie, so you had to right. divulge what she said. She said, well, then that's the answer. Right, that's right. the answer. And you know, so, when you got in trouble, you got a whipping. Uh-huh at all of the Ooh, houses you, yes. you, you knew you had at least three whippings coming um, yes and you know. Tamika and I had more than the rest of y'all I think yes we did I yeah. think they set us up CC <laughs> well, so well, even as young adults my mother's favorite thing was a wooden spoon and that wooden yes. spoon didn't feel so nice if you didn't do what you were supposed to and right. even Bruce can vouch for that because she's telling you real quick, uh, you ain't no different. Come on and get yours. Mm-hmm. The wooden that, spoon. But and that would get formed to amazing adults who have yeah, boundaries and discipline. And mm-hmm. so I appreciate it. I don't know how much I appreciated it then, but we I certainly not. appreciate it now. We didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I kind of yes. thought, I guess, at that time when we got popped or however you want to term it, I kind of thought, oh, I'm too old for that. But, <laughs> but when you become an adult, you appreciate all of those yes. things because, yes, you, do. you yes. know, it was done out of love, even though it hurt. It was done out of love to make you realize what you did was inappropriate. It was wrong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you have to rectify that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are no strangers to death. And I can remember... Um, my first experience with death in our family was our grandfather and I was six and I didn't really understand what that meant and I didn't really understand um, the implications behind that but that changed our family yeah it did it um I mean he was definitely the patriarch of the family 
it changed us. But one of the things that I think we mentioned this earlier is the way our mothers were raised while they missed their father and they grieved their father. They never missed a beat in keeping the family going, keeping things going, um, keeping our legacy going. They never missed a beat with that. Um, and now all of our mothers are gone. So we are no strangers um, to grief, of course, like I said, but it, that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Right. And it doesn't mean that even though, you know, my grandfather died, was that was 50, like 53 years ago, I think, um, about that. Mm-hmm. I still remember fondly how we would drive from Atlanta drive up the street and I would be just about ready to jump out of the car because our grandparents were on the porch waiting for us to come because there was no cell phone there was no text messaging to say hey we're on the way we picked up the phone when we left out of the house and called and said we're leaving and then after that it was just you know they knew about how long it would take So they would be waiting on the porch for us. And those legacies of, again, being there for our family in ways that that the family doesn't even know that you're there for them. Knowing that my grandparents were gonna be waiting on me when I got there, for you all knowing that you could see your grandparents every day because they were either in the house with you or next door to you. So that in itself was just such a huge, blessing for us to have the closeness that we had with our family and not just the closeness in relationship but the closeness in proximity to be able to see them to touch them to love up on them and to be a part of all of our family traditions and things like that so that was it was truly a blessing for us to be able to do that as well and the excitement that you felt when you and Aunt Mary drove up, we felt that same excitement. And our yep. mothers did too. Oh, it was, yeah. It was, it was a treat. And we were just so excited. Oh, they're here, they're here. And I just remember <laughs> the joy that we mm-hmm. all felt. So mm-hmm. we reciprocated the feeling that you were having. So, yeah. Absolutely. And you, know, you talk, and you know, you talk about the porch, the front porch. <laughs> my one of my one of my fondest memories, some of my fondest memories are of on a Sunday evening, Big Daddy and Big Mama sitting in their chairs, and Pauline sitting in the chair. They're in the glider, and we're all on the steps, and yep. we are having great family moments and conversations, mm-hmm. and it was just amazing. It was absolutely amazing, and those are memories that. I will treasure forever, forever. Mm-hmm. Do you all remember the four o'clock rule? No. <laughs> the four o'clock rule was we'd be sitting on the steps and we would ask Big Daddy if we could get our bicycles out. And I was yeah. stayed underneath the house, right <laughs> underneath the front porch. And if it was after four, four o'clock or after, don't ask him because it was too late on a Sunday afternoon to get your bike out. <laughs> And he had rules about you had to have it out by four. You had to be back by a certain time. You could go and he would count the driveways. You can go down the street to the first driveway. Yeah, I do remember that. And then yeah, you okay. could you could go to go you could go down to Miss Bursha's driveway and we just we frowned on that. Then you yeah. could go down to Miss Parthini's driveway and Miss Flora Thompson because you could yeah. make the big turnaround. That was better. But then yeah. when we got to go around the corner. Oh my goodness, when we could go around the corner to Anna Ola's house and turn oh, around yeah. in her driveway and come back. Now that that was a good time, but we always had to make sure we had those bikes out and we were on those bikes before four o'clock because he was not letting yeah. you out after four o'clock on those bicycles. Yes, I remember that yeah. now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> what um each one of our mothers were and we'll start with Aunt Pauline and when I say what they were I mean what they meant to our family. Aunt Pauline was um, the oldest mother 
And for me, she was always the one that everybody else looked up to. She was, even though she wasn't their mother, she mothered them still, even as her, her sister, she still mothered them. And she did the same thing for us. And um, it, it was the measurements. It's like, if they, what is Aunt Pauline gonna say? You know, and our, our mothers affectionately called her sister. You know, what's, you know, what's sister saying? So I'll let you guys go from there, but I just, I'll start it off from there. And Pat, I know your memories are going to be a little different because that was your mom. Yeah. Well, as you say, my mom was the sister. She was the one that everybody went to and she was the standard that everyone uh, looked up to and everyone tried to emulate. And even though she was the oldest one she was the oldest one and she ended up caring for each and every one of her sisters because mm -hmm. all of them preceded her in death and she yeah. would often say I feel so all alone because all of my sisters are gone my brothers mm -hmm. are gone my parents are gone but then she would look at us and she would realize okay I have two daughters of my own but I also have all of my nieces and all of you all really made her day when you would come for her birthday to celebrate oh. when she was 87, 80, 81, 91, 90, uh, 90 yeah. when, when, whatever those milestone birthdays were, you all were there to celebrate in some way. And most, most certainly uh, in person when you would come and Cece, when you would come and your whole yeah. family would come, that would really warm her heart. But she instilled in me the need for education. My mother did not graduate from high school. She did not have a high school diploma. At the time she graduated, at the time she graduated from high school, high school only went to the ninth grade. So she mm -hmm. attained her GED and went back to school and became an LPN. Mm -hmm. uh, she was in her late, what, she was probably 48, 50 when she went back to school. But I remember seeing how hard she worked and how much she studied and how when she was, I can remember the day when she received her license in the mail that she had passed the state exam. And she said, if only my daddy could see this, he died in 69 and she graduated in uh, January of 1970. So she, um, he was, he would have been very proud and he was very proud that she went back to school. But um, she was, my mother was a very loving person, just, just very loving, loving to all, didn't like to raise her voice. And the most she would say is, shh, shh. Tommy talks about that now when, when we do stuff and she, shh, shh. Or, or when, when we have, when we have too many red cups out at Christmas, she would say, I know what's in those red cups. She would, she would kind of scold us sometimes. She was not a yeah. drink, not a drinker and only knew one drink, which was a Bloody Mary and ordered that on vacation one year and got the shock of her life that it was, you know, it had alcohol in it. She thought it was just going to be uh, tomato juice, but she was a dear heart, uh, just instilled in me so many things. And she taught me how to make rolls. She taught me how to make a, a good pound cake. She just taught me mm -hmm. all kinds of things. And one thing I wanted to mention about all of the sisters especially with my mom, by her not having the high school diploma and probably the, the least formal education, all of them worked for uh, in white people's homes. And when they did that, they was, it was the, the, the wages that they received were minimal. I mean, just minimal, like 50 cents a day, something like that. But what they did learn is etiquette. They learned etiquette. Mm -hmm. They learned yes. a lot of the things that and they probably learned how to clean their homes. And my mama even said later on, very late in life, that my floors reminded her of the floors that she used to clean in those houses. So think of somebody wow. 90 years old and still wow. remembering how the floors looked in a house mm -hmm. that she cleaned when she wow. was in her 20s. They learned, wow. they learned so much that they instilled and they, they became family with uh the yes, families that they were mm -hmm. they it absolutely mm -hmm. became family so it wasn't all about the minimum minimal wages that they were receiving and they were hardly able to make ends meet they received knowledge and they received support from those families 
and they that came back to us so we have lots of memories yeah. of, of my mother i miss her so much i miss her so, yeah, so we much. all do we do but, too but she leaves uh, a legacy of dimes for me i, I find mm-hmm. dimes all around my house i found one two weeks ago just in the laundry room you know getting clothes out the dryer and there's a dime and it didn't fall it didn't fall out of the dryer it was just on the floor heads up you, right. i can i never know but the dime is always heads up and i never know when i'm gonna see one but i always wow. see him and i always know she's with me so that just wants my heart to see those dimes so aunt pauline was the oldest and aunt doris was the the next one and she was our i want to although, although all of them were faith women full of faith and they were raised in church and they taught us the same but Aunt Doris was the one who was the faith leader in the family who taught us yes. all things faith all things Sunday school you know um Easter speeches scripture she used to mail me scripture to not to learn mm-hmm. and to read in Atlanta um wow. and having conversations with her later on it was it was it you know my mom taught me of course about scripture and the bible but it was special coming from a yeah very special coming from a I, I think she was the spiritual leader of our family uh mm-hmm. even to the point of you know us at growing up in the church, going to Sunday school conventions, being in Sunday school every Sunday, uh, making us learn the AME discipline, you know, looking and reading and understanding all that. That, that was her leadership of uh, being the spiritual one. Um, I think that was her forte, so to speak. Um, she was always making sure that we were especially in church well educated mm-hmm. um spiritually all the time and um what i remember is how much the people in the church admired aunt Doris mm-hmm. and came yes. to her for yes. advice and for for religious guidance and mm-hmm. i just it made us think oh my god she's our aunt but she is special to everyone and she tried to keep us in line i might have been a little bit rebellious in church and Mm -hmm. she might have pinched me a couple Mm -hmm. times and i might have yelled out how you pinched me ain't Paris," but i needed to be pinched so she kept us in line and she was the sweetest aunt Mm -hmm. and but she also had an edge to her and i just remember her telling me when my child came to visit and that Amber was throwing rocks at her because oh, she wouldn't let her snap, I guess, bring beans with her. And she peas. laughed. Yeah, it's peas. Oh, she laughed. And you know, I just I just have so many fun memories of all of them. But back to Aunt Pauline, what I remember is if I need if I wasn't feeling well or if I needed her to tell me what was wrong, I could always go to her and say, Aunt Pauline this is happening and she mm-hmm. would embrace you and tell yeah. you mm-hmm. I, I, I think that just... was she was the medical expert in the family well um, her and Aunt Mary yeah her, yes both of them and I distinctly remember um I would be hurting and she would tell me what to try to do and she'd ask me well what have you been eating and so mm-hmm. on and so forth and mm-hmm. that's why you're hurting and she would analyze, I mean, just like a doctor. And Aunt Mary was the same way. Uh, I remember countless, countless conversations as a young adult after I got married and we would talk for hours on the phone and they all had that, you know, they instill in you the medicines and, and the terminology mm-hmm. and yeah. what things meant. And even to this day, you know, when I get stuff filled and, I might say so and so so. How do you know that? I said because my aunts taught me that. Mm-hmm. That's how right. I know. 
Right. And you know, right. I just think that in another time, what would they have been if they had mm. had the opportunities that we have oh, and that yeah. we had, they were, they just excelled in a time when it was not easy for a black woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but they strive. Yeah, they and, did. And, and they, they, did. A, they, they instilled that in us, especially that's something, if you look at all of us, we all have a knack, uh, the education or the mm-hmm. trade or whatever, that was something that they instilled in us and, 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 and told us, you know, this is what you need to do. And we already yeah. knew. I mean, we, 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 we cherished that. Yes. This is just something that, that that's how they were. And I'm so glad that each one of them, and even with Aunt Ludie, even though she didn't have children, she was a mother to all. She was a mother to all of them. And we knew that sometimes you might could go to the house and they may tell you you can't have a cookie, but you (laughs) would always go to Aunt Ludie's house and she would open that back door and her terminology, her ism was "Mm, super something directly. Give you a cookie and tell you this. Yeah, <laughs> going back to this. Mm-hmm. She she was always our our um our partner in mischief, and I yes, love that absolutely. because absolutely. she she was like, "I'll let you do it, and we can keep this a secret." And yeah, she always yes. had good stuff at her house. I mean, I remember she would let us she would let you have a whole Coca Cola, yep. yes. yes, the whole can of Coca Cola, not just she, some in the glass. But yeah. you could have the whole can of Coke. And that for us was like, woo, get the whole can. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> she she was the comedian because she, she could was. just say yes. some things and you would just look at her and go, and then she would just be laughing so and you just join <laughs> in because of, yes. it wasn't so much. It, it was all about what she said and the way she said it. And mm-hmm. then, like you said, if it was something that we knew we'd already been told, no, she'd crack that scream as if to see, let me make sure none of my sisters are coming. And then she lets you have your way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, Luda could do some things too. Hey, Luda could do some dangerous things and yes. they would still be funny. She, it was, she, so she, funny. she backed out of her driveway into the neighbor's house. Now, I was just going to say you driving know, a car. That, yes. Yeah, driving a car. She would just, oh my goodness, it would just be so funny. And we'd go places with her. She'd get lost. Yes. And we, yes. we would yes. just be in there laughing. And we'd get home <laughs> and, and tell our moms. And they would be like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Don't tell me anymore. <laughs> and then Aunt Luda set her house on fire one time. And now she, I remember. Yeah, her kitchen. And, and it was it was hilarious because Uncle Gina tried to get her to stop smoking. <laughs> She would, and she ended up setting the kitchen on fire. She would do things that were dangerous and and unsafe. Yes. But they would still be funny because it they was a duty that was doing it, was it. and she mm-hmm. she would get away with it. Uncle Gene just had the car fixed. He had the neighbor's house fixed. He had the mm-hmm. house fixed, and they yeah. mm-hmm. continued to drive, and they mm-hmm. continued to smoke. But but she but did. on that note of driving, I think Aunt Pauline was the best driver of all of the sisters because her daughters always come back and we would be sitting there on the steps and when she would you would see her coming and she pull in that driveway and you see something missing and our mother was kind of ditto to that missing uh door handles and all that kind of stuff and backing over Miss Henrietta's flowers and not telling her that she had backed over them just go on so yeah, yeah, yeah they were the best driver. They were they were really, really, really good people. But I have to say this about the driving situation. Aunt Mary was the best driver. I think yeah. I thought my I mama yeah. was I think my I thought well, my both, mom was the best I, yeah. driver. But when yeah. I say that, my mom really taught me how to drive, but Aunt Mary taught me things about driving. Yeah. That yes. I could that yes. I could not learn in Rock. I'm just like she, she taught me she taught me how to merge and I had never known yes. what that meant yes she yes. she just taught me how to slow the car down how to park the car how to be yep. safe in the car 
and she trusted me with her car no mm-hmm. places i mean she had a mercury marquee it was as long as a, a city block <laughs> and she and i remember my mama would say you mean to tell me Marianne lets you drive her car in atlanta yeah. i said yes i drive her car almost every day in atlanta because mm-hmm. i had i would take tamika places and tamika uh, and i would mm-hmm. go shopping to get those flesh-colored mm-hmm. pantyhose and- <laughs> we we would just go wherever we needed to go because she had taught me like a a a level of of driving that Mm -hmm. I needed to learn in order to be safe to be safe in the right right yeah I I will say I think she taught me how to drive on the expressway and drive in Atlanta and I remember one summer I came down and stayed with you Tamika during that summer and I went for a job interview at Mm -hmm. Stewart's and she told me how to get there and I said well what if I get lost she said well stop somewhere and call me and I'll tell you how to go and I was scared that I like Pat said the merging and changing lanes and making sure I'm getting out I was scared to death but she taught me through the experience of Mm -hmm. doing that Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. Pat said you can learn that in Rockmore there were no expressways or anything like that in Rockmore. So being in Atlanta and 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 her doing that gave me the confidence to be able to drive mm-hmm. being that I live in Atlanta now. Yeah. And you know, I think they instill confidence in us in so many different ways, you know, mm-hmm. to be to be confident, um, assertive women who in who could who could make it in the workplace and who but who right. knew how to navigate the world and we learned that from them and I just I miss them so much I did too. yeah all of them so you guys know <clears throat> we have we we have to talk about Aunt Rushi. oh lord yes. yes we have to talk about Aunt Rushi. but affectionately lovingly known as Aunt Rushi. Mm-hmm. and for me Aunt Rushi was whew, she was my soft place to land for so mm-hmm. many reasons. For mm-hmm. so many reasons. And uh, so I, 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 I will let you guys um, share. Well, and, um, I, I think um, being that she was my mother, she was my, my right hand, my, my rock. Uh, she was my shelter in mm-hmm. the time of a storm. Uh, I know that I leaned on her so much just going through different things in life. I don't know how I would have gotten to the place where I am now without her, her guidance, her words of wisdom, her soft hand, her hugs. Um, mm just going through and her telling me you know everything is going to be all right don't um don't worry um optimism was amazing um she was a gem she was a a jewel and i i so miss her just just it's just unbelievable i can't even put it into the right word um as a as a mother, as a friend, mm-hmm. um, she was the greatest. And always in the time of a storm, she always had a shining light, a different perspective to look at things, to get you through what you needed to get through. Yeah. yeah. Mama, Mama Wells, and I just remember um, when I had saved about my own car and I had done something wrong, I'm sure. And she hung my keys up and told me not to touch them. And I was like, but that's my car. I bought that car. She said, I said, don't touch them. I left that house walking and I was single, but I didn't touch the keys. I so much respect for my mother. She shared her discipline with love and Mm -hmm. she, she was always there 
to get bites that you needed. And she was my best friend. And I just remember thinking when she was leaving us, how am I going to breathe without you? Mm. And I just, I just, I miss her. And I'm so grateful to God. He gave me her as my mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> my, my, um, when we, when we started this and we talked about how all of them, even though <clears throat> they had their own children, and of course, Aunt Lucy didn't have any children, but we were all her, her, her kids, her nieces mm-hmm. and nephews were all her kids. Um, when I was, my mom was ill and my mom was the youngest but my mom was very ill and I had been in Atlanta um, during her initial illness and had gone back home um, because I got pregnant and um, I went back home and I remember thinking how in the world am I gonna have a baby without my mama and I don't know nothing about birthing no babies but I didn't have anything to worry about because my aunts were all there for me. They stood instead for my mom. And, you know, the way uh, this, this generation has babies is a lot different than how we were when we had our baby. So we weren't allowed to leave the house for six weeks. Oh my God. Um, yes. We weren't allowed to get up and move around and go places. You certainly were not going to be driving a car doing mm-hmm. all of that. And when I had my daughter, Aunt Rushi came to stay with me and she would, and they talked about it. That was what was so beautiful. They discussed, they knew somebody was coming. They knew somebody was going to come and stay with me because I wasn't going to be, and I actually was in another state when I had my, my daughter, they weren't going to, um, to, to let me be in another state, having a baby by myself. So they figured out who was going to come. And Arusha was the one that came. And I just, I was so grateful for her cooking for me, her just taking care of me, helping me with the baby, assuring me that it was going to be okay on those nights that um, uh, Brianna was crying and she was dry, she was fed, it was everything. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And she said, give it to me. And she would take her, rock her, sing to her because she had a beautiful voice beautiful mm-hmm. voice she would sing to her and then Brianna would just go right back to sleep and when she left the one thing I appreciate about appreciate about my family is everybody was right there so I never spent during that six-week period when I couldn't quote do anything I never spent um, many days alone without some support and help from my family so that to me was just really special. Um, it doesn't matter with us when I, when I think about it, all of our mothers have gone on at this point and I lost mine first. And I was of course, you know, young. I was in my thirties, early thirties um, when I lost my mom. And then we had Aunt Pauline all the way up to, she was 90 something years old it doesn't matter whether we lost them when we were younger or when we lost them when we were older the loss still hurts and it hurts every day and there is no getting through it there is no getting over it the best we can hope to do as I've said many times is manage it every day our moms were my best friend mine was no different when I tell you (laughs) When I tell you, I think sometimes I just, I just have a look and I can just imagine that she is right there with me having the same look. When something goes down, we would look at each other like, girl, really? (laughs) Did that just happen? (laughs) Um, She was smart. She was intelligent. She was witty. She was um, amazing. She was compassionate. She could feel things in people. And just kind of open up and be there for them in ways they didn't even realize they needed yet. Yes. 
Mm. That was special. And so one of the things for me is she taught me how to live without her. Even when I don't think she knew she was teaching me how to live without her. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that is an incredible gift of love that she left with me. How to mother, because she she never got a chance to teach me how to mother. I had to learn that from my aunts. I learned it from you all. But she, she never got a chance to teach me how to be a mother. And I think about that sometimes. It's, that, that was tough. It was hard, too, because there are times, you know, when you are a mother, you want to figure out, am I doing the right thing? Do I, am I doing this correctly? But I'm grateful for my aunts being there because there were many times I would call and say, well, this happened and that happened. And they would give me the reassurance that I was either on the right path or they would give me the guidance to put me on the right path. And you guys said earlier, my mom was the cool aunt. She was definitely the cool mom. She was definitely the cool mom. I could tell her anything. And the same way I, I, I raised my daughter, I'll say to her, you can tell me anything, absolutely anything. I don't care how good it is, how bad it is, whatever it is, you can tell your mom. But you know me well enough to know that I might need a moment to collect myself. So I tell Bree now, you tell me something, give me it, it, give me a moment, let me have my freak out moment, and then we can come back together and figure out what we need to do. And that's who yes. my mom was for me. I could tell her anything, and she would be like, Oh Lord, I would tell you this. The first car I actually signed my name to um, was <laughs> a Volkswagen Jetta. Now I was just yes. I had gotten a new job, graduated high school, I mean graduated college had gotten a job and I was just itching to spend some money and get into some debt to the foolish child that I was at that moment. But I was just itching. So I went to the dealership and I just, you know, knew that I knew how to broker this deal and get it together. <laughs> and the man talked me into a lease because he, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a thrifter. I will say that I'm always trying to look for how can we get it for the best price. So. I, um, he told me to do the lease because the lease was going to give me a lower car payment. I was like, oh, well, hey. And he said, and then, you know, if you decide after two years, you don't want this car, you just bring it back and get you another. Oh, what did he tell me that for? You mean I can get a new car every two years? And I, you know, I, I just see myself. I remember saying this to my mom. I just see myself as somebody that's probably gonna always have a car note in my budget. And she said, no, you're not. I drove up in that Jetta on Shirley Street, blowing my horn, honey. I was so proud. She eventually came out. She was in the kitchen frying chicken. That was dinner. She was fixing dinner. She came out on the porch and she wrung her hands on her apron because she had on her apron. She wrung her hands on her apron and she said, what? Mm-mm-mm. have you done now and I was like I got a new car she went in the house she took the chicken she had in the grease out of the grease she put the rest of it back in the refrigerator she said come on and we went back to the dealership and she told them you're gonna take this car back you're gonna give me those papers that her name is on and she's not getting this car and a man said well she already signed it I don't care. So she sat there and she renegotiated the deal on that car. Now I still ended up with a Volkswagen Jetta, but she did not play. She did not play. (laughs) You were not going to treat her child or her people or her family or her sisters just any kind of way. She did not play. And that is the love legacy. One of her legacies um, that I have inherited. You're not just going to treat my people any kind of way. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You Ladies, know, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Cece. No, I just wanted to say, I just remember you said that you could tell your mother anything. I don't necessarily think I believed as a young adult that I could tell my mother everything, but I knew that I could tell Aunt Mary anything and she would help me work it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
she i think yeah. she was like that for for all of our nieces all of her nieces she was and with i lived with uh, tamika and aunt mary for three years and i definitely saw that when i lived yeah. with her that i could tell her anything yeah. and there was nothing too big that she couldn't solve yeah, but that we couldn't solve together and you know, in her in her helping us to solve those things, she really allowed us. And I, I see that more and more now. I can remember calling her when I lived out of state, when I lived in Maryland or when I lived in South Carolina or, or just wherever. And I would call her and we'd be having these phone conversations. And I would just be maybe having a moment. You know, we all have moments. So I'd be having a moment. I'm call my mama and tell my mama all about it. <laughs> and I would call her and she would listen and she would give her, mm-hmm, okay. She would ask a question or two here or there. And at the end of it, she wanted to know, well, what, what was I going to do? What was the solution going to be? I thought I was calling her to help me to come to the solution. Almost tell me what to do. But at the end of that, she had done such an amazing job of helping me to work through it. I had my own solution right at the end. Many right. times I had my own solution at the end, but she was good to give you advice for consideration. Um, yes. And that is, I, I, I just, I so appreciate that. Even as, as a grown woman now, um, doing the same with my own child. It's like, I, I had to use the blueprint she gave me to raise my daughter because she wasn't here to guide me. So... Well, ladies, I appreciate you being here with me. I am so grateful for this time. Um, this podcast uh, episode of the podcast is a little bit longer than usual. And I wanted it to be because I didn't want us to have to stop and, um, you know, cut it off because I wanted our emotions to flow. I wanted our feelings to flow and I wanted our conversation to flow. And what I think we have talked about here in all the sharing that we have done is the essence of who our mothers were continue to live on in us and our memories and our love legacies. And they were great cooks. They were God-fearing women. They were good listeners. They were community leaders. They were resilient. They were determined. They were confident. They were compassionate. And we could probably go through a whole list of other things that they were. But I want us to wrap up sharing something that um, is near and dear to our family. Because when you say it in our family, everybody knows exactly what you mean. But when you say it outside of the family, perhaps no one has a clue. Pat alluded to it earlier when they were talking in code and it was the PG equal pregnant. So we have in our family what we affectionately call Williamisms because that's our family birth name, Williams. So these are William, Williamisms. So as we have gotten older, I'll start, as we have gotten older, there are times, Pat and I especially do this, there are times when we're having a conversation and there's something that we perhaps need to remember and we can't we could write it down or whatever, but it's like, we'll say to each other, remind me to whatever it is. But really what we say is remind me to stop at please. And that is affectionately what our Aunt Ludie said as a kid in the car, fleet was a gas station. And she was saying to remind her to stop and get gas. So that we wouldn't, we talked about Aunt Ludie's driving. So <laughs> remind, <laughs> remind her to stop and get gas. So sometimes now, when we are talking about reminding each other of certain things, we will say, remind me to stop at Fleet. Now we're not stopping at Fleet anymore. I don't even think Fleet's around. But no. that's affectionately how we say, hey, can you help me remember? Or can you remind me? All right. What's another one, Pat? Um, too late now, buddy. Wheat's in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and that was if you had 
you didn't do something in time and you were trying to do it and it was too late, they would always say, too late now, but if wheat's in the ground, that lets you know it's not going to happen. You, waste, you, you wasted yeah. too much time. Yeah. So don't come to me with any mess because it's just not going to happen. Too late mm-hmm. now, buddy. Wheat's in the ground. <laughs> you got one, Rhonda? You don't miss your water till the well runs dry. <laughs> so in other words, be careful about what you do because when it's gone, you'll miss it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, I have one and it was really probably always directed at me because I was a little bit wild and a little bit rebellious. And I just remember them always saying, this one right here, she don't believe cow horns a hook. (laughs) (laughs) And I forgot about that one. Yes. And it was, it was usually directed at me. And they were like, she's just going to have to learn on her own because she's not listening, you know, but she don't believe cow horns will look. That was, I have so many, but that one I thought about this morning and I just started to laugh to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mm. that is funny. That is funny. Mm. So one that I will say is when they, because they weren't going to use any profanity and, and, and words mm-hmm. like that. But if it was somebody who had done something that was out of sorts or uh, not appropriate or just not good, they were a SED wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, for a long time, I guess I tried to figure out what does the S stand for? <laughs> what oh, does the right. E stand for? But I knew they, it was the SED wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, right, we all baby. talk about we all talk about them being uh, very religious and very spiritual and really loving God and loving t- t- uh, good church. And we would often come home either from revival or from church and they would describe the way the preacher had preached. And most of the time it was a man. And they would say, well, you know, he preached the horns off the billy goat and reached back and got the billy goat. And now when my, if our preacher preaches well, and he does every Sunday, I said, well, he just preached the horns. He He just preached the horns. And I told him about that one Sunday, what that meant. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think kind of along kind of along that lines, I just used to always remember that uh, they would invite different people to the house to eat. Like we said, they mm. were fantastic cooks. Mm-hmm. And if somebody ate too, a lot, they'd be like, oh, he ate hell off the cross and reached back <laughs> and got the cross. Got the cross. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, he ate so much, he ate so much it made him pota toad it. Wow. Oh, so well, we could go on with this all day, couldn't we, Tamika? Yeah. Yes, we could. We could. But thank you so thank much. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank I, you. I've enjoyed it. But I, I got one I got to mention, and this was not something that the aunt said. This came from my oldest cousin, Kathy, and she would always say, be careful not to step in the poecum. The poecum. Yes. And you knew yes. what Poecum was. Yeah, exactly what Poecum was. Yeah. But this is we are extremely blessed. Thank you so much. We are extremely blessed. And um, again, Love Legacies, the podcast is just a place for sharing for women who have lost their moms. The new edition, the 2022 edition of Love Legacies, the culmination of the Mother Project is published. And this year we included men um, because the Lord placed that on my heart that it's not just women who have love legacies with their moms. Men have love legacies too. And oftentimes, you know, men are in a space where they can share. And so this was an opportunity for men who have lost their moms to share. So coming up on some upcoming podcasts, episodes, we're going to have some of those men come on and share with us on the podcast. 
So ladies, thank you so much. I love you all dearly, 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 dearly. You know that I do. And again, like I said, you're not just cousins, you are my sister. And I love you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I love you all. This episode of Love Legacies is dedicated to the Williams sisters. They were amazing women and even more amazing mothers. Our love note this episode is mothers are given to us to guide us, for us to confide in, and to hide us from hurt, harm, and danger. And even when they aren't here with us any longer, their love legacies live on within us. You can catch new episodes of this podcast on the 14th of each month. Listen on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Anchor Podcasts. Listen, subscribe, and share. Until next time.